We're back. It's the Dolphins in Depth Podcast Free Agency Plus One Week Edition. I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero. Star of the show, Adam Beasley, is in the Beasley Bunker. How is it in the Beasley Bunker, Beasley? Uh, you, you know, uh, I, I'm sure you've seen The Shining, right? Oh, really? That? I, 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 haven't, I haven't chopped through a door yet with, the, with a fire axe. But, uh, uh, yeah, all work and no play makes Adam something something. <laughs> interesting, interesting. So what is the greatest challenge you have faced during your little uh, stay-at-home, uh, you know, time period? Well, first is like anybody, anybody else. I'm not, I'm not a homebody. I like to be out. I like to do things. I like to go to dinner. Um, I, I like to, you know, I, I like to be active and being inside a house is, is, is really hard. And I know why we're doing it and understand it's for good calls and all that, but it's really hard. So I've taken just drives. I've gotten in a car and just driven up and down the beach, driven through nature just to, just to look at something else. Uh, so that was, that's number one. And number two, obviously, is I got a small child at home. That's, that's its own set of challenges when, You've got two working parents try to, trying to work from home. How about, how about you? Well, unlike you, I'm a slug. And so <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy just uh, sitting in my chairs in my man cave and just, uh, you know, trying to see which part of my belly grows faster. And so, <laughs> and so I'm good with that. Um, the biggest challenge I have faced is that, uh, one of our air conditioning units, uh, you know, conked out. Oh. And you know that that's no fun. But I gotta tell you, man, the the AC people they were they were stars. They they came out. They brought. It required a new unit, by the way. Oh. Is, yeah. Man. Yeah, which is not cheap, and so that was replaced. And um, you know, we're back up and running, but uh, it it. Set me back a little bit. Yeah, well, we, I'd like to thank you on behalf of uh, the U.S. economy for injecting a few thousand dollars into it that you were planning on doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm I'm bullish. I think that this is going to be good, man. Uh, we got Passover coming up. We've got Easter coming up. You know, I am a man of faith, mm-hmm. and I and I am believing and hoping and praying that by then things are going to be a lot better than they are right now. Uh, and I know that you are a man of gloom and doom, <laughs> and you believe that 58 billion people will be dead by then. <laughs> I, I'm hoping the truth is much closer to yours than mine. Yes. Uh, but I am, I am worried about the trends. I'm definitely I'm worried about the long-term trends, and I have a lot of family members that work in the medical industry, and it's, it's scary right now. I mean, it's a scary time in hospitals. It's a scary time. Just for general practitioners who see people who come in because they, you know, they got a cough and all of a sudden, oh, no, you've got coronavirus and yeah, everyone you were sitting in the waiting room with has, has gotten sick as well. So it's, you know, it's, we're going to get through this. We, we got, we've gotten through all kinds of calamities and crises in the past and our spirit as Americans and as human beings is strong. We'll survive it. It's just going to suck for a while. It's not going to be a lot of fun until we do. Our friends from New York, our friends from the Northeast, we have something to say to you. Um, don't come here. <laughs> All right? 
Keep your crap up there. Don't be bringing it down here. Stop and, it. And, and if you do, be prepared to sit in isolation for two weeks because that's the rule now. Yeah, you know, everybody makes fun of Florida, Beasley. Everybody makes fun of Florida in that, that we're the weirdo state. We got Florida man doing Florida man stuff, except that people don't realize a lot of these folks that are doing stupid Florida stuff, they come from somewhere else. <laughs> Why do you think this state is such a sanctuary for crazy people? Uh, I, 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 I guess it has something to do with the lack of uh, blizzards and, uh, you know, the lack of taxes. And it's like the people that decided to live in blizzards and voted for high taxes, they decide that, oh, let's go to Florida. They're smart. Let's do that. Yeah, I, I will say this. I am... We have a very large population of older people, and that might make us a bit more susceptible to, to, to some, of, some yeah. of the bad statistics. So be safe, guys. Wash your hands. Take care of your grandparents. Uh, they, they were the greatest generation. We should pay them back. Here's an idea. Don't stop at your hands. Okay? <laughs> Watch all your other stuff, too. You know, get that stuff cleaned. Wow. Well, I didn't, I didn't think we'd be going down this road this early in the morning, Armando, but that is good and, advice. I, I and Beasley, let me tell you something personally, all right? I'm going to share something with the folks about Adam Beasley. Uh, I would say, like, within the last two months, you had a phone issue, and you needed to un, unpack your your phone otter or whatever it is that you've got surrounding your phone to protect your phone. Mm -hmm. And uh, I helped you to do that. Your phone was filthy. Yeah. Clean that thing up. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I clean the outside, but digging in, uh, I'm just, it's probably better off just to get a new phone at this point. <laughs> if, if my case ever breaks, it's like, all right, that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's Steve Jobs from the grave telling me it's time to get a new iPhone. Sources calling you going, I don't hear you, Beasley. I don't understand what you're saying. I can't hear you through all the phone muck. Yeah, because, because there's just two inches of just filth covering up the microphone. Oh, my gosh. Hey, so um, so let's let's get into this a little bit. The Miami Dolphins have done good, Adam Beasley. Your take. Go. Yes, uh, I, I agree. Uh, you look at, uh, I mean, they've spent the most money. They've They've uh, signed the most starters, and that's just the thing. You can sign players, but they've signed starters, at least five if not six starters that have been added to their team in the last two weeks. That's huge. Uh, pro Football Focus was metrics from basically everything. says uh, they are the fourth most improved team in the NFL, and the teams are ahead of them. Ended up with, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins or Phillip Rivers or Tom Brady. So the Dolphins didn't sign any of those. You could make the argument that Byron Jones is in that 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 neighborhood, but it's it's not the same impact as signing Tom Brady. So all things considered, they've done a good job. And I will say this, Armando, good start, Chris Greer, because it is not the end of the road. It's about a third of the way through the, the journey at this point. Right. You know what I like is they actually did what – I was told and I wrote that they were going to do, and that is they sign guys to contracts, uh, most of them, I would say, multi-year contracts, obviously, but the, all those contracts, those, those contracts, the out is very quick. For example, Byron Jones signed a five-year, $82.5 million contract. 
the team gets out of that with relatively uh, no dead cap, relatively painlessly after three years. Uh, Kyle Van Noy signed a four-year deal. The team is out of that contract if it wants after two years. Uh, Shaq Lawson signed a three-year. The team gets out of it painlessly after two. Eric Flowers signed a three-year. Again, the team gets out of it painlessly after two. What I'm saying is they are no longer signing people to four-year deals, uh, five-year deals, and then when those guys are 31, 32 years old, the team looks up and goes, oh, crap, we still, you know, he's not playing like he was before, like when he was signed, and we still owe him a ton of money. That kind of work is not being done anymore by the Miami Dolphins. Totally agree. And, and here's an even more encouraging thing, that uh, the, everything you said there is correct, and yet the Dolphins will still have in excess of $60 million in cap space in 2021. And that's even before they have the opportunity to move away from some of these contracts they've had in the past if the players don't, don't live up to them. The, you know, the uh, Xavier Howard deal, they could save $7 million next year by moving on from him. Eric Rowe, they could save $4 million. Jakeem Grant, they could save three. So there's a whole list of players that they have on their team right now that they still have to perform in 2020 or they're not going to see the third year of their contract that they were given in 2019. So, yes, the Dolphins have built – they have structured their, their new deals in a way that it's not a long window uh, in case things don't work out. But they don't have to wait until 2022. 2021, they can still be active because of the flexibility they have in their salary cap. Before we take a quick break, Beasley, I want to I wanna go over something that is not necessarily Miami Dolphins related, but is AFC East related and therefore touching and tangible to the Dolphins. I would say that the Boston Patriots are uh, a thing of the past. I, I look at that team now. And all the losses that they've had, and I'm not just talking about Tom Brady. I'm talking about, you know, they've lost half a dozen to to seven or eight uh, unrestricted free agents that were not just contributors but starters. And I'm looking at that team, and they're talking about Jarrett Stidham. And God bless Jarrett Stidham. I like them coming out of the draft, but that team, they've got issues. Well, yeah, and especially I, I still think they're going to try to to trade Dooney. Uh, I think they they tagged him with you know maybe if they can get a long term deal done they'll do it. They they know they're not going to win at a high level in 2020. And Bill Belichick is a smart guy, and so he's not going to dedicate what was it 15 million dollars to a guard in a lost season. He's not going to do that. So I think that's another good player that you'll see uh, move on in in the next couple of months. Uh, what if? Armando, the Patriots are tanking. I've thought about that. I have absolutely thought about that. And I would say to you, in that regard, it would probably work better than it did in Miami because the guy who is deciding to go ahead and tank is also the guy who's coaching the team. Correct. It's one and the same. Yes. Whereas in Miami, the guy who decided it and the guys who decided it we're not the guy coaching the team. Yeah, so uh, if, if Jared Stidham uh, he starts 0-5 and uh, can't hit the broadside of the barn, 
I don't know if they'll be a quick hook for for Hoyer. I think, oh, we'll, we'll see if you can work these things out. He's a young quarterback. They take time. No one gets it right away. And all of a sudden, blink, they're 3-13, and and they're in the hunt for Trevor Lawrence. That part I don't like too much. <laughs> I'm not digging that part very much. But, you know, they have told our Boston media friends we're absolutely not, you know, going to do anything like that. Of course, what else are they going to say, right? Plausible right. deniability. We're 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 in it to win it. Yeah, but you're in it to win it with a guy who hasn't started an NFL game. So I don't know. Well, before we get to the 2021 draft, I want to talk about the 2020 draft and how uh, an interesting dynamic of wills, a, power, a battle of wills, has developed between teams and Roger Goodell. Uh, and we'll get into that in one second. Okay, and we're back. Armando, do you believe, if you were a betting man, how much would you put on the draft going forward, April 23rd through 25th? Uh, well, okay, so I, I just told you earlier in the in the podcast that I'm a very positive thinker. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, if you're giving me $100 worth of chips, I'm all in on the $100. Okay. On schedule. On schedule. Is that optimism or is that deep belief? I'm a man of faith, and I'm going to roll with faith. Okay. Understood. I uh, I, I also uh, am a man of, of faith, maybe different than yours, but I have a, a faith as well, and I am scared bleepless. <laughs> and I am worried that the if they try to rush anything, uh, things could get bad. And that's why I think the, the general managers around the league um, have made it known through their you know, emissaries in the, in the press that they don't want the draft to go forward because they don't think they're going to have enough time and enough resources and enough information that they need to make the draft picks. And so that's why you're seeing this kind of battle in the press between GMs and the league who is dead set against moving that date. Like they want April 23rd through 25th. Um, but the GMs have now come out, according to things we read, and said, this is a bad idea. We're not going to be ready, and it puts people at risk. Particularly because the NFL was a last night, said, you're not allowed to go to your headquarters anymore. You're, that is, you know, that is off limits. So all work you're going to be doing is going to be telephonically uh, or video chat or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think Chris Greer and the 31 other GMs in the league are like, look, what are we doing? And, and, and to me, I think they actually have a point because the NFL season, assuming which we all really hope it does, isn't for another six months. Why are we rushing something in a month when the, the nation right now is basically locked down? That makes sense if it was all true, uh, but it's not. And okay. here's the part that's not true. It's not a rush. All 32 NFL teams have been working on the 2020 draft since last September. And so to, to convince me uh, that I'm not ready as a general manager because what? Because I didn't get to see uh, Tua Tagovailoa sitting in front of me for, for the entire day uh, on a 30 visit? Well, excuse me, Chris Greer, you went to three of his games. <laughs> you you talked to his dad. You met him at the Combine. You met him, uh, you know, at other times. 
The owner has talked to him and seen him play. Your scouting department has been to his all of his games the last two years, and now you you guys have met about this. You have a draft board right now as we speak. Your coaches have gone to see him. Uh, what is it? What part are you not ready for? Doctors. Granted, doctors are that. You know what? All 32 teams are in the same position. Oh, I, I, I agree, and I think that's why you're seeing the pushback from the from the from the teams because the teams are the GMs are basically saying, I'm sure they talk to each other. Hey guys, let's see if we, let's see if we can get our 30 visits back. Let's see if we can push this back because we want as much information as possible. No, I get it. You know, look, general managers will always uh, try to have one extra bit of information. That's why we often have uh, anal- analysis by paralysis or paralysis by analysis. <laughs> I think we have both of them in Miami in the last uh, two decades. But, look, I get it. Uh, there's always going to be someone who is afraid of, you know, pressing the button. Sometimes you need to have a, a set and press a button. That's all I have to say about that. No, I, I, I agree, and I think that's why Goodell is going to win the argument. That, and he has control of the apparatus of how... Oh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's that. Uh, this is uh, going to be an issue where the owners would have to step up and say, Roger, uh, let's hold back. Let's, let's, let's wait. Let's, the general managers, my friends, general managers, friends, you don't have that pull. I'm sorry. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I, what I would like to see the league do is have one round a week for the next seven weeks. That would be fun. Like one, one big night, the biggest night of the week, Thursday night, you have a round of the NFL draft. Do you know how much fun that would be? I don't hey, like that you, idea. You would, have pro, you would have programming for two months. I don't like that idea. Why? I, because I like to binge. That's, <laughs> that's why. I mean, I, I just think, look. My favorite all-time show, uh, Downton Abbey. I, have... <laughs> I always knew you were a Downton fan. I knew it. It makes me cry sometimes. <laughs> I, can honestly, I can honestly say I've never seen a single episode. <laughs> I like to watch them. I, I watched it all, all 141 episodes in one sitting. <laughs> And it was wonderful. Oh, man. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, look, I, I, I get it. People are going to come up with some wacky stuff. Let's face it. The people that ultimately will drive this, I think, are television. Are we, mm-hmm. are we agreed on that? Of course. So, of yeah. course. I, I don't know what television people are thinking, but I think it's going to be about television. Yeah, no, and I, and I, I would agree with you that it's going to happen on time. Uh, but we, we've, we've waited, what, 19 minutes now before getting to the big buildup. And you wrote about this week, I mentioned in the past, what do the Dolphins do at quarterback? If they can't get their doctors in a room with Tua, if they can't get, and I understand he put his, his, his little drop back and throw in on, on Instagram. That's great. That's wow. great. No, his little not. drop back. His little drop back dismissively. That's, <laughs> that, that's fine. There's a huge difference between a controlled 
what they want you to see simulation of dropping back and a real live workout, which teams would want to put him through. Yeah. When, when you have all the access to information and to it does right now, he has all the access to the information about him. You're going to put the most positive stuff out there, of course. And mm-hmm. so with, 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 without having a chance to get firsthand knowledge of the information, and the Dolphins won't, and the 31 other teams will not before the draft unless something changes, what do you do? That's interesting. Um, and I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I really don't. I know that Justin Herbert is very high on their board and, and, a, and a very um, serious, serious option. So serious that I would say it's almost neck and neck with Tua at this point. And it's up to Tua to prove that he is – he's a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. But, he, but he is the worst – but he is the inferior body. Correct. Without, let's, no, 100% right? accurate. 100% right. accurate. Uh, the uh, other guy's never been hurt. Justin Herbert's never been hurt. He's as big as a house. He's on the all-airport team. He looks the part. And Tua looks like my brother. So, I mean, my smaller brother, uh, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a good thing. And, by the way, my smaller brother, who has missed a bunch of games due to multiple injuries, not one injury, and who is a durability concern beyond the hip. I agree with everything you said. Um, I, let me ask you this. Uh, would you be okay with staying at five, even if that means the Chargers jump you and you take whichever two of the two is left, Tua or Herbert. If, and knowing that, you're able to get your tackle at 18, your running back at 26, or your, or your rush hand at 26, or whatever other position you want to address at 26. That's a very fair scenario. You know what that scenario would tell me? Uh, one of two things. Number one, uh, they're good with either guy, obviously, mm-hmm. Herbert or Tua. Number two is there are some people on this earth who happen to life, and there are some people on this earth where life happens to them. The stay at five and let the chargers decide is shows me that you are in the life happening to you group, mm-hmm. whereas the chargers, they're making a move, they're having some conviction uh, they're happening to life. That's what, that's how I view I, that. I totally right. What if they don't have conviction? The, uh, then again, then you're not doing your job. It's your <laughs> job. It, it's your job. Look, you've got two guys. You have to find. You have to make a decision. It's not. Hey, uh, it's a toss up, and I don't know what to do. Let's see what the Chargers do, and we'll do the other thing. That's that. That to me. Is a fireable offense because you're not the guy. Wow. What if uh, your left tackle goes on to be a eight-time pro bowler and Justin Herbert, who is your, sec- your third option because Burrow is their number one option, ends up being a really good starter for you? What if it works out? No, it's wonderful. But, again, it was as a coincidence, not as an intention. Fair. Totally fair. And I think every team in the league, but most certainly the Dolphins, Every single draft and basically every single day do value calls. Is this worth that? And the question is, is giving up a potential starting tackle worth going up and getting Tua if, you and, if he and Herbert are 
very similar on the board. It's 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 a fascinating story. It's an answer. I don't have I don't have a you know, question I have the answer to, and it's fun to debate. But I know it's something they're talking about right now in Davy. Well, not in Davy because it's shut down, but via Skype. Well, that's uh, that's great, and that's all I got, and that's all you got. Uh, you got to go, Beasley, and I yeah, got to go back back to my couch to slay it out with myself in my belly. I, I have to go do daddy daycare. We'll we'll talk to you guys next week.